don't talk too much. Just talk a little bit. You don't eat much, you don't talk much. <laughs> I'm just listening. This is the Just Listening Podcast with pizza artist Eric John. everybody and welcome to the show today this is just listening and i am eric john and of course before we get into it i've got to tell you about the best artisan soda in the entire world that of course is yacht club soda go to yachtclubsoda.com right now and check out all the amazing flavors they've got they've got blue raspberry they've got uh, grape they've got strawberry they've got cola cream uh, orange cream lemon lime grapefruit um, the list goes on and on and on. You will not be disappointed. If you live in the United States, go to yachtclubsoda.com right now. Check out all the amazing flavors. You can mix, you can match, pick whatever you want. John Scambato from Yacht Club Soda will send it right to your door. So don't hesitate. Go to yachtclubsoda.com right now and uh, enjoy this amazing soda. It's absolutely delicious. They use real cane sugar. It comes in glass bottles. You won't be disappointed. So once again, go to yachtclubsoda.com right now. Also, I've got new pizza art coming out uh, pretty much every week. Uh, not every week, but pretty often. So please don't forget to go to uh, at Eric John Art on Twitter and at Eric John Pizza Art on Instagram. And don't forget also to go to YouTube and check out the documentary film by Marcus Ritchie that was made about me and my pizza art called The Art of Pizza. So go to YouTube, uh, type that in the search bar. You'll find it. Uh, leave us a nice little comment. You know, uh, we'd appreciate it. Um, and, uh, that'll be great. So thank you very much for that. Um, on today's show, uh, our first repeat guest on the show, uh, Johnny Valella was the first guest I had on the show. I believe it was actually episode three. Um, you know, I was doing some solo episodes back then. Uh, it's been a full seven months. Uh, it's been quite a while now and, um, excited to have Johnny back on the show just to talk about some fun stuff. I want to hear about some of the uh, street stories he's been doing. Uh, over there at uh, Channel 12, WPRI, some of the cool stuff he's been doing there. Um, and also just talk about, you know, uh, maybe talk about nostalgia a little bit. The old days, we both, uh, you know, he's a little a little bit older than me, um, but uh, we both grew up in the same town, um, you know, in the 80s, basically early 90s. Um, so I thought it'd be fun to talk to him about some of the, uh, some of the uh, old days here in Rhode Island and, um, you know, some little nostalgia bait for everybody. So without further ado... Johnny, welcome back to the show. Eric, how are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. It's cool. It's cool to be able to say welcome back. You're the you know the first uh, first person that I've had back on the show. Um, for people listening yeah. who who you know started listening recently and haven't heard my entire catalog of episodes, uh, Johnny was the very first guest I had on the show. He helped me out um, uh, immeasurably uh, when I was trying to get this thing going, and I had a ton of technical questions. Um, and, uh, he, you know, he came over, he helped me out trying to set stuff up. We we're trying to figure things out. And, uh, I am eternally grateful for all of that and will, and will always be grateful. So, um, uh, and thanks again for coming back on. It'll, I think it'll be fun, fun conversation. Thanks for having me on. What episode is this? Do we know what episode this is for you? This is going to be episode 36. Wow, bro. 36 episodes that you should be proud of that. That's a that's a big accomplishment for just starting off in this podcast uh, world. And and you've done uh, 35 other guests besides me. Um, I've seen a few of them and very good content. I'm not just saying that it's a it's a 
great conversations on each podcast. So I, I thoroughly enjoy it and I'm glad to be back for uh, round two, let's say. Well, thanks a lot, man. Yeah. It's, um, you know, they say that most pack, most podcasts only last about five or 10 episodes yeah. and you know, I'm, I'm doing one a week. So, uh, you know, so thir- yeah, 35 is it's, you know, we're talking, uh, more than half a year, you know, about seven months worth of, of doing this. And, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, when we first started, when, when I first started it and I had you on, um, after I had you on, I, you know, there's, um, there are a couple of, uh, uh, episodes I did towards the beginning that was just me talking about different yeah. things or whatever. And I got, I just got really into doing the interviews. I found, uh, it was, um, you know, while, while it's harder in a sense, because you have to book people and sometimes, you know, you start thinking like, who, who do I want to have on, you know, you start worrying that maybe, you won't get anybody, you know, and, yeah. and to come on. And um, so it's a little bit more stressful in that sense. Like if, if I was just ranting, then I could just do that whenever. But um, <laughs> right. but it's a lot more interesting to talk to other people. And I think I'm better at that than I am just ranting anyway. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, you've had a wide uh, range of guests. I, I've seen uh, Mr. McGowan on there. You had Ben DeCastro on. I believe at one point. Oh um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a good mix. Good mix. Of, good mix of guests. Yeah, know? it's a horrible podcast strategy to, <laughs> to be so. <laughs> uh, to you know, you, it's like you got to be uh, niche uh, in this stuff yeah. now because there's so many podcasts. You know, I, I'd be better off having a like, you know, uh, wallpaper podcast or something that was just Correct. devoted to wallpaper. I bet you I'd get <laughs> you know thousands and thousands, two of, million views. On yeah, wallpaper. but two you know, million. and and I think we talked about this when I was first starting. I was you know I again I I, <laughs> I bothered the hell out of Johnny just like every time I had like a thought or a question, I was just like bouncing stuff off of him, and he was so great about bouncing it back. But you know, I was thinking about like, do I want this to be a political podcast? Do I want it to be a food yeah. oriented podcast? Do I want it to be a, a a crypto NFT oriented podcast? You know, these different things that I'm right. interested in. And you know, I, I guess for me, like, I'm just I'm interested in so many different things, and I find so many other you know different things fascinating. Like last uh, last week, I had Brian Mulhern on, and we talked about Phil Hartman, yeah. um, who I love. Yeah, I love Phil Hartman, and it was cool to talk to Brian. And like, I wouldn't have I wouldn't be able to do that if I was just focusing on NFT. And so I think Correct. I would miss no, out. It's, a, it's yeah, it's a good. Uh, Good range of guests and good uh, range of topics. Let's say. Well, speaking of topics, uh, yeah. since I have you here, one of the one of the last things we talked about on the, uh, the your your first appearance on the show was uh, street stories. And so, for, for people yeah. listening, um, Johnny is a chief uh, one one of the chief videographers um, at uh, Channel Twelve WPRI Channel Twelve here in Rhode Island, and uh, has been in the game for quite a long time. Emmy Award winner, um, and he does this show now with uh, Mike Montecalvo. Uh, called Street Stories, which is sort of like the, I mean, you could say like the lighter side of the the news, I guess, but it's like it's just like feel good stories, people yeah. doing interesting things or good things in the community, um, and yeah. uh, it's one of my favorite like segments on local TV because you know what you usually see is murder and crime and corruption <laughs> and fires and you know yeah. and 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 for good reason. But it's nice to have these other segments, and Johnny's been doing this for a long time. So one thing I wanted to ask you about was, you know, how, what what are some of the stories you've done since the last time we spoke that um that, that you've done and that you've that you've really liked doing? Uh, I'd love to talk about those with you. Yeah, uh, first of all, I appreciate you supporting Street Stories. We can always count on a nice retweet or a like from you on the on the Twitter side. So we always, appreciate that yeah, always every single week. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we've done. 
Uh, we've done a multitude of stories since we've last talked. The one I just did recently, which was really interesting, was uh, Joe Reverdy's. Uh, if you've if you've watched Street Stories, you know Joe has been on a few times with his uh, Guinness World Record breaking moments on uh, on a, on Channel Twelve that we've captured, and he just broke another one. It was the most uh, vertical feat uh, going up a stairwell. Um, he broke the world record, Guinness World Record for that. And I have to say, over the last few months, it's probably our most memorable one. Not that the other ones haven't been memorable. They've all been, uh, you know, very heartfelt and, and everything. But Joe breaking his fourth world record, Guinness World Record, it's just an amazing accomplishment for, for one person. I believe he's 54 or 55 years old, somewhere around there. Um, and just, you know, grueling, grueling accomplishments that he's he's uh, prevailed on. And, and this one was the most uh, vertical feat uh, done in, within 24 hours. And he broke it. He, he went down to the wire. He went down to the wire. We were at, we were at a uh, Citizens Bank parking garage at the time for his uh, world record-breaking moment. And uh, I think he started at 10.20 a.m. on a Saturday and broke it around 10.06, I believe, on a Sunday. So it came down to the wire. But just um, – just being there, the energy in the room, family and friends cheering him on as he got closer and closer to the record is just, uh, for me as a videographer and as, as an editor, you just can't get anything better than that. And and just to see, to see him break it was just, to be in that moment was just an amazing, amazing feat to watch. Yeah, no pun intended. Um, You're right. <laughs> so explain to me, uh, how exactly do you break a record for most vertical feet climbed without having like a really really tall building to climb like how, like, like like logistically yeah. how did that work exactly um so i i believe he did 20 steps each time but just remember they only counted going up so you had to come down also to restart it every single time so he's wasting energy going down oh jeez um but he's so he's going up pretty much 20 steps and he's going back down 20 steps they, they don't count the going down part of it they only count the ascending part of it so it was just, um, it, it's interesting to watch Eric. It's like, you know, he does it over 24 hours and people say to me, well, why don't you just get the beginning and the end? I go, no, you need the middle part. The middle part for me around, let's say eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night is the most important aspect of this story because of course at the beginning, he's going to have full energy and the, at the end, he's going to be really tired. But that middle part is where he really struggles. Like he's fighting it. You know, he's getting IVs in the arm. He's, He's drinking stuff. He's taking smelling salts. There's this whole whole <laughs> array of array of things That's that you're incredible. seeing. It's wild, man. It is wild to see somebody break a record. And the middle portion, when I, I went back at around 8.30 at night, and he was tired. You can tell he's tired. He's struggling through it. And I said, well, I'll be back in the morning about you know six or seven hours from now to see how you are. And, and you get back in the morning, and he's even more tired. But the energy from the family and friends in that parking garage every single time he's trying to break a world record lifts him up at the end to break the record. He could be tired. And he said to me, well, I was going to quit multiple times by just, I didn't want to disappoint people. I didn't want to disappoint myself. I wanted to fight through it. And that's the, you know, the street stories we do is, is the human spirit and, and to break a world record of that caliber at that age is just something to be in that room to watch it finally happen, it, it was just uh, amazing. And this is his fourth one. So I'd have to say over the last few months, and we've done a few stories with Joe, that one is just, it's always exciting because I know it's going to come down to the wire. I know he's going to be tired. 
but in the end, the energy from family and friends and, and just lifts the human spirit up and, and he makes it. So, well, so I mean, you, you mentioned that this is his, uh, his fourth time. I mean, so yeah. why, why does he do this? Is it just a sense of accomplishment <laughs> or is there some, something else behind it? I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think he, he always talks about his grandkids. He talks about his family. He wants to leave them a legacy. And he doesn't do it for himself, I don't think, Eric. He doesn't do it for, hey, I want to get on the news. Look at me. He talks about his grandkids and saying, hey, I want them to know that Papa Joe, you know, did this, did this stuff and was a good guy and was a family guy and really tried hard. And if you put your mind to it, it's mind over matter. He wants to quit 100 times during the night, but he doesn't do it because he knows he wants to set a set an example for his grandkids and his kids and his family and his wife and his sons and daughters. So um, I don't think he does it for TV purposes. A lot of people, oh, I want to be on TV. This is more about, I want to, I want to cement my legacy as a human being <laughs> in the world and, and uh, do these records. So, and he'll call me up. It's, he'll call me up every day. He's like, Hey buddy, I got another one. And I'm like, Oh, here we go. Here we go again. So um, yeah, I mean, just, well, I love featuring him. He's a good guy. He's a good, just a good human being. And this time he actually had, firefighters with him that would go up the steps with him like you know every couple every hour on the hour so he he grabbed some local firefighters to join him along on this on this journey and and we had another guy scott mooney who did one of the legs of the of the journey with them this time on the stairs he was a street story about a year ago so it's kind of like a street story alum that we have going on and everybody supports each other and it's a it's a beautiful thing i mean i i don't want to brag but last yeah. night I walked up this the you know, <laughs> stairs in my house um, to grab something from uh, the second floor, and then yeah. went back down. But then Johnny, I I realized I had forgotten something, so I had to go back up, and I almost quit halfway up that second that second flight. Uh, I was so angry that I had to climb back up. <laughs> Bro, I'll come over to your house with a camera. You just let me know when you want to break a record. Oh house. my God. That'd be so funny if you did, but, if you did a whole street stories about, about me having to go back it. up the, the stairs a second time. And then you like interview okay. me after. And I'm like, oh, Johnny, I just, I, I w it's just crazy. I want to say, and I might be wrong in this number. I want to say he did 61,540 feet, feet. Now he's not talking about steps, but 61,540 feet, which I think is equivalent. And I could be wrong on this. And I know somebody will call me out on it. Probably around three thousand steps, but I could be wrong. Thirty-one hundred steps. I could be well, wrong on that sounds, number, but it sounds like a know. couple of a couple of Mount Everests. Yeah, it does. And and I can't. I walked to the location and I was tired, just walking to get to where he was. Um, and I can't imagine. But like we talked about, it's the human spirit. It's mind over matter, and he just has this. He has something in him that that maybe other people don't. Of saying, I'm not. I could could quit, and I could go with the easy way, but I'm not going to do it. And and like you said, yeah, I, I have trouble just walking up the steps in Channel 12 without, you know, asking for a, an elevator to be there. So it's uh, it's a wild, wild sequence. Yeah, but. you know, I wonder how important, you know, I, I bet the the motivation is a huge part of it. Like you talked about his grandkids and, you know, he's probably I'm sure he's thinking about them the whole yeah. time. You know, it, it makes me think yes. of and I'm sure you know about this story, but the guy and I don't remember his name, but the guy who had he had a son that was disabled. And mm -hmm. he would run the Boston Marathon Boston every year. Boston Marathon with him, yes, I remember that. Right, story. and he yeah, would push. He, just away. he yeah. would push yeah. him yeah. in this uh, like um, wheelchair, and like over the yeah. years, the wheelchair got like really fancy. It was like a aerodynamic, right. you know, thing. Right. And um, you know, and his, most people have trouble finishing the Boston Marathon, let alone pushing 
right. a human being in a wheelchair the whole way. And like, you know, and it, to me, it says like, I almost wonder if that guy would, would be able to finish the Boston marathon at the age of 60, you know, uh, by yeah. himself. Yeah. Um, but, but with the motivation of his son and pushing his son, he's able to do it. Like, you know, that, do, do you think that it also kind of makes me think of like, do, do you think as a society, like we just have mm. a problem with motivation? Like you hear this all the time. Like people just, oh, yeah. they, they, they can't seem to get motivated to do anything. Um, and yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. I, yeah. I do you have, do you have trouble getting motivated to do things or do you, uh, do of you... course it is. It's a choice, right? We all have choices of what we want to do and what we don't want to do. And half the time myself, I'll take the easy way and say, nah, I don't want to do it. I'm too tired today. Right. And, but you know, that guy pushing the wheelchair in the Boston marathon or Joe with, with the steps, I think they go into a different realm and, and, and Joe talks about David Goggins and you know about David Goggins, obviously. Yeah. 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 The, the yeah, motivationalness. Right. Yep. And he talks about, you know, his dream is to meet David Goggins and, and he watches his videos and he'll post his videos and, and David Goggins is the same way. It's a choice thing, right? You don't want to get up at 5am and go work out, but you do it because, because that's what you want to do. You want to be better in life. And I think that's what, that's what Joe goes into a different realm than, myself you know i'm looking at him on the steps halfway through it going i'd be done right now <laughs> i'd be done i don't care if cameras are here or not i'd just be if i was done i was done but he somehow pushes through i think it's a i think it has to do with he talks about prayer and he talks about goggins motivating him in his mind and and people don't realize this he puts on david goggins podcast or or speeches during this uh, record-breaking moments so he can listen to it in his head while he's doing it so he has something to motivate him people don't know that because i can't use david goggins uh you know for copyright reasons but during the their, during his record-breaking moments he'll listen to goggins or he'll listen to some uplifting music and it just gets him through it and i think he just goes to a different realm that that other people won't go to i don't think you know you know, when I think of motivation, this is there's one thing that comes to mind, and it's this great George Carlin bit. I don't know if you know the one I'm talking about, where he talks okay. about self help and motivation. I'm gonna play it really quickly. I'm gonna I'm gonna put okay. it up to the mic here, and uh, I want I, 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 you got to listen to it. It's it's hysterical. Okay. Let's um, do it. So I'm gonna bring it up on my uh, phone here. Of course, you've got the uh, sponsored ads, which I'm not gonna play here because there's only one sponsor <laughs> on this show, and that's Yacht Club Soda. There you go. Um, I gotta talk to you about. I gotta talk to you about yacht club soda too, because you grew up in North Providence. I did. I go by it every single time I'm down there. All right, so we're going to talk about that at some point uh, in the course (laughs) of this episode. But here, okay, so here's uh, here's the great George Carlin talking about motivation. It's just a couple of minutes. These people who read self help books. Why do so many people need help? Life is not that complicated. You get up, you go to work, you eat three meals, you take one good shit, and you go back to bed. <laughs> What's the fucking mystery? And the part I really don't understand, if you're looking for self-help, why would you read a book written by somebody else? <laughs> That's not self-help. That's help. There's no such thing as self-help. If you did it yourself, you didn't need help. If you did it yourself. Try to pay attention to the language we've all agreed on. <laughs> Something else I don't understand. Motivation tapes, motivation books. What happened here? Suddenly everybody needs to be motivated? It's a fairly simple thing. Do you want to do something or you don't? What's the big mystery? Besides, if you're motivated enough to go to the store to buy a motivation book, aren't you motivated enough to do that? So you don't need the book. Put it back. Tell the clerk, fuck you. I'm motivated. I'm going home. <laughs> 
Oh man, it's so good. It's classic. He's right though. He's absolutely right. He is. <laughs> it's, right. it's funny and he makes some funny points and I and I right. love it. But but that being said, you know, people do need to find motivation. What so here's here's my question for you. What motivates Johnny Villella to get out of the bed every day? I think just to be better every single day. I know that might sound corny and cheesy, but you know, I want to improve on the day before. Even though we've been doing this for 20 something years, I know for a fact if I don't get out of bed and I don't want to do it, that's the time to quit. That's the time I'll hang it up and and say, "Here's the camera. Here you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna head out." But um, I think motivation is uh, people motivate me. You know, stories motivate me. Meeting new people, meeting you know, showing these stories on TV and 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 going the extra mile, going to film something at, at eight o'clock at night or midnight or six a.m. and and showing the human spirit and showing that there's good out there. And I think we need. And in this time in, in life and everything, what's going on around the world, we need goodness more than anything. So, you know, me just trying to improve myself and also trying to showcase the good in the community is what gets me out of bed every morning. Well, that's that's you know that's the whole that's the whole deal. I mean, that's the whole yeah. thing is um, yeah. You know, why do you make pizza every day? Why do you make the art pizza? The pizza art. Yeah. Well, that, again, right? it's the same you thing. Don't have, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that at all. Right? No, and you know, and and that's it's funny you bring that up because. Um, you know, now that, now that the school year has started, like, so usually when I make pizza art, I go in on what is, would usually be my day off when the place is closed. I yeah. go in then when there's nobody else there to, to make the works of art, because, um, you know, this way it doesn't take away from any of the other work that has to get done. Yeah. And there's no one right. there to distract me. Usually mm. some, yeah. sometimes there's somebody <laughs> there, um, either a cleaning person or cleaning, something yeah, like that. Exactly. But, um, but, uh, you know, I, I went in this past Monday to, to make a pizza and I was excited to make it and it just didn't come out right. And, um, you know, this has only happened maybe a few times in the seven years yeah. I've been making pizza art um, where it, it just, you know, it, it wasn't that it looked bad. You know, it was a, it was a portrait of somebody who I don't want to name because I haven't right. decided if I want to uh, <laughs> make another attempt at it or just do something different. But um, it was a portrait and it wasn't that it looked bad. Like it looked like a human being, like it looks good. It just didn't yeah. look like the person. And I, I'm staring at it and I spent, you know, five hours working on it. And the last hour and a half or so, a couple of hours was mostly me just trying to figure out why it didn't. It just didn't capture the, the, the you know, what the person looked like. I couldn't figure it out. And it was super frustrating uh, it made me start to question, like, you know, do I, can I even do this anymore? Like I started, yeah. it was like an existential right. crisis. Right. <laughs> um, and you know, and it's, it's, it's super defeating to spend, you know, five plus hours working on something and then you can't even use it for anything. I can't post it. Um, I guess yeah. I could and say, you know, um, it actually ended up kind of looking like Stephen Baldwin. So interesting. Could, I'm trying. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by. Yeah, who, I could just post it and say, "Hey, look, it's Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> you could do that." And well, you some... have standards now, but this is this is the point of like growing of what you do. And maybe five years ago, you would have just posted it just because here it is. But now you have standards. And oh yeah, five years ago, I definitely would have posted. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So this is the point of growing up and and what you're doing, and it shows growth in my eyes of saying and it's the same thing with me. Like sometimes with not to get off topic, but if I do a story and I'm like, nah, this, this doesn't feel right, man. I'm not, I'm not putting this on the air right now. I want to, I want to shoot something else for it or go the extra mile and, and, and make it the right way. I have those moments all the time, but it's, it's called growth and, and, 
And in your case, it's the right thing to do. Don't post it just for a like on, on Twitter or whatever, you know, make sure it's done the right way. So I, I, I respect that. So, okay. So here's something interesting. So luckily, you know, this thing I was working on, it's not like somebody ordered it, right? It's just something I'm making for content. Um, but you know, if someone had ordered it, what do, it's like, what do I do? I have to give them something. <laughs> right. Um, right. And so I want, right. you know, and, and thankfully I haven't run into that issue where someone's ordered a pizza and I've made it and it didn't turn out good or turn out right. I guess I would, um, depending on how much time I had before they needed to pick it up, I could try to attempt it again or right. I don't know what I would do. It it would be yeah. tough. But, um, you know, it makes me wonder about your situation. You know, if you're doing a story that's not really a news item. Uh, mm-hmm. you kind of have the freedom to say, okay, no, let's take a little bit more time with this and get yes. it right. But if you're yes. doing a news piece, like have there, have there ever been moments where like you've shot something for, you know, like there was a fire or there was a, yeah. a shooting and it's like, you don't really have a choice whether that footage gets used, right? It has to go, it has to go on the air, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, that's, that's the clear difference between news and feature. Um, the news aspect is you get one shot at it, at it and we don't redo stuff and we don't fake stuff and we don't, you know, it's, we don't redo takes on real news. So if there's a fire, that's where, whatever you shot is what it get, what's going to get on the air. The feature aspect, like I'll give a great example. I did a story in Woonsocket um, and I'll give him a free plug with Albert Martinez, who's a uh, barber up there. And uh, he did some time in prison, turned his life around. He owns a shop in Woonsocket. And I shot the piece with him. I got back to the station. I'm like, I just, it didn't feel right. I didn't have that, the moments that I wanted visually. So I was, I called him up. I said, listen, I need to get you walking on the street. I need to get you some street shots instead of barbershop shots. And, you know, he agreed to it. I went up, went back up there the next day and I was there for about five, 10 minutes, shot the stuff. And I got back and I, I knew I had it at that point, but that's the joy of doing feature stories. You can say to yourself, eh. I want a shot of him walking down the street or uh, I want a shot of him standing in front of the sign or something like that. You could do that with real news and I call it real news, but you know, fires and car accidents and, and crime scenes, you know, there's no redoing stuff. We don't, we don't do that around here. It's, it's whatever you shoot is what airs. So, um, yeah, it's, it's the, it's, and that's why I kind of love doing street stories in a sense where I can edit it together and then sit down and go, oh, I'm missing one shot or I'm missing, I'm missing a moment that I want to get and I can go back out and, and, and shoot with the person. So yeah, I agree with you on that aspect. You know, Johnny, you have so much talent, uh, yeah. you know, and uh, I think it's kind of not really up for debate. I mean, you're an Emmy award winner. Have you ever mm-hmm. thought about, um, you know, like making your own documentary? I mean, maybe about like even one of the subjects you've done for street stories. Like you ever thought about, doing something creative kind of just on your own and, and, you know, not something associated with, you know, with your job, but just because you love shooting things and you love videography and you love making, um, you know, videos about people's stories and stuff. Have you ever ever thought about that? Of course. Yeah. I have a few topics in mind, uh, throughout the years, uh, that I thought about, you know, maybe, maybe I'll do this on my own, which, you know, I have, I have more time. I can take my time with it. I'm not under a deadline. I'm not under, you know, we have a lot of shows here. When does it air? I, you know, of course, I think doing documentaries on the side or doing some type of any type of video work on the side is, is always great because you don't have a time frame. You don't have a time limit. You can let stuff extend. You can let the soundbite go further. You can extend the music. You can you can do whatever you need to do because there's really no no rules to the game. So, um, yeah, I have a few topics in mind. I don't want to give them away, but um, 
I have a, I have a pretty good, um, you know, I think at this point in my career, I'm not sure if I have time for it just because the, you know, the target 12 stuff, the street story stuff. But I think once I, you know, get to the end of my career, I'll, I'll definitely look into doing something more long form on, on my side of the. Oh, that'd be awesome, man. I'd I'd love to see that. I'm I'm going to do it on a pizza. I'm going to do it on a baker that does pizza. (laughs) I'm going to do a whole, whole series on it. (laughs) You make it really dark and and tragic. Exactly. That's exactly Um, God. There wasn't enough pepperoni. Dunk, yeah, I know. Dunk, he ran dunk. out of olives. You had to throw the pizza away. Did, hey, listen, if you mess up any pizzas, just bring them over to Channel 12. We'll eat them for you. No oh, one yeah. will know. No one will, will tell nobody. We'll just eat, eat Well, them. you know what? It's actually what's kind of what's kind of funny is, and and so you know this because um you guys came and did uh the story about the penguins when I was doing the penguins yes. pizza and yes. um yeah. and uh just an update for everybody. So so Johnny came with street stories with Mike. And filmed me making the giant penguins pizza. And at the time, I was doing a whole series of uh, giant pizza portraits of animals. And I was selling them as NFTs and donating 10% of whatever I made from selling them to um, the, uh, what was it called? It was a wildlife center in Brooklyn. Um, Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, It's been that long ago now. I can't even remember. It was the Wildlife Center of Brooklyn or something. But anyway, it was one of the few places that accepted crypto. So that's kind of why I chose them. And it it was also a great organization as well. But um, and uh, yeah, and I ended up selling all all the pieces in that collection and then donated, you know, several hundred dollars worth of crypto uh, to that organization. But if you remember when you did that piece, I was wrapping the pizzas in saran wrap. Yes. And yes, um, yes. now and so and all of the photos of all of my pizzas up until very recently have always been uncooked. And people are always like, why isn't it cooked? And I'd have to explain to people that, you know, it's it would be a waste of ingredients to cook the pizza if no one's going to eat it because it'd be hard to recycle uh, the ingredients once they're cooked um, and the pizza itself as well. It's kind of like, well, no, what do I do with this base? You know, this base dough and yeah. sauce and whatever. Um you know, and if I was still doing those giant ones, I'd probably still wrap them just because it's a lot of food. But mm. uh, recently I have figured out a way to reuse the ingredients um, and the pizza. Um, as long as it's one pizza, I can realistically reuse everything. Um, so nice. I've started I've started cooking a lot of my uh, my pizza art, which is kind of a oh, cool. new development and uh, kind of exciting. Um I'm kind of I'm entering the cooked era of pizza art NFTs. So um, you know, you and hey, maybe it'd be shine. maybe it'd be fun yep. one day to do a giant piece and like put all the, the individual sections into the oven and cook them all and then pull them all back out and piece it all back together. It'd be kind of be kind of funky. That's kind of cool. Is um, how does that, how does that work now? Do you have to watch how much time you cook each section or in case something gets burnt or how you well, yeah, so I cook I them. Know. I always cook them right around six minutes. So it, you okay. know, I know how long to cook them for. It's it's really just long enough to melt the cheese. To be honest, nice. um, uh, if I cooked it too long, uh, then the sauce would really start to bleed through and it would discolor things. And so there is like a specific amount of time, nice. um, you know. And we've got these big rotating ovens, so I would be able to put all of the pans in uh, simultaneously. Um, and cook them all at the same like at the same time, which would be helpful. That's awesome. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, I don't even remember why I started talking about that. <laughs> we were talking about doing a pizza art documentary. Right. And it made me think of we, the, we went off the rails. Went off the we rails. Went off the rails. Um, <laughs> all right. So 
the other thing I wanted to talk to you about is I thought it'd be fun to do a little bit of uh, a little nostalgia bait here for the audience. And, um, it. you know, it might be specific to people who grew up in Rhode Island, because I'm sure we'll talk about some Rhode Island specific things. But let's do it because we're around the same age. Um, yeah. You know, you grew, so you grew up in North Providence. How, how old are you, Johnny? First of all, because I'm 39. I'm 46, so yeah, I grew up in right. North Providence. So North, it's North Providence. North Providence the H. for people who don't Without live in Rhode Island. And miserable, miserable Spring Avenue, not Mineral Spring Avenue, because <laughs> there's too much traffic on there. I love North, North Providence. <laughs> yeah, and if there was a lot, I mean, there was a lot of traffic back in 1987. You can imagine, yes. it's way worse oh, now. It's, it's out of control. Um, yeah, you know. But anyway, so what was explain? You know, talk a little bit about you know what was it like growing up in North. North Providence, uh, Rhode Island, <laughs> you know, in the early 1980s. Um, yeah. What What was it like? Like, take us down memory lane a little bit here. Wow. So we're going way back. Um, yeah, it was it was interesting place to grow up at. I kind of grew up towards the Maryville side of town, uh, that end of Mineral Spring Avenue, not towards the North Providence High School side, but the other side. Um, and you know, we had everything there, right? There was, it's so funny. I went by there the other day, Ricotti's sandwich shop is still going strong on middle spring. Avenue. Isn't that amazing? Bro. It's been like 40 years. I think it's cash only, by the way, I think it's still cash only. There's no credit card. Um, I used to go in there as, as a small kid and as, as a teenager to grab sandwiches and, um, they're still going strong after, after all these years, I actually worked at Oki's Japanese Steakhouse, and I know everybody knows Oki's Steakhouse. Um, I worked there for about, whew, maybe seven years, eight years um, in my teenage years and then into my early 20s. Uh, great place to work at. Um, yeah, it's, it was a, a cornucopia of, of places over there that I love to, to hang out at. And, and my father grew up down Charles Street area, um, so I know that area very well. And um, yeah, I, I go back every once in a while and I, I don't live there now, but, um, it's always a, a trip down memory lane, kangaroos, CDs and tapes. Let's talk about that. They've been oh, there for shit. Yeah. 40 years. I mean, still there. I, the lady, who, she still owns it. The woman I, I go in there to grab, uh, listen, I'm going to tell everybody right now. I, I do CDs. I'm old school. I go buy CDs still. Um, and I'll go to kangaroos, CDs and tapes every couple months and I'll, pick out a couple CDs and I throw them in the CD player. It is amazing that that, you know, people, I can't believe Eric. I cannot believe it's still, people don't understand. God bless them. Just for people listening. So this store, it's, I mean, I have to assume he's renting because it's in like a plaza. I mean, it's in a plaza and it's a little storefront and it's called kangaroo CDs and tapes. And it's it's been there forever. (laughs) I was there when I was a kid. And of course, when I was a kid, CDs and tapes were popular yeah. Uh, now, you know, not, not so much, um, you know, and, and it was a cool local like record store. You could go mm-hmm. in, uh, that it wasn't Sam Goody. It wasn't Virgin records. It wasn't nope. Newberry Comics. Strawberries. It wasn't strawberries. Strawberry. You know, it wasn't any of those places. Um, and, uh, you know, and it's, so the fact that it's still there, a, and wasn't somehow is able to survive, um, and, and not be squashed out by these big chain stores, yeah. but also the fact that the technology is completely obsolete. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> right. like, well, unless right. it's, you know, unless it's like it's the point where it's shifted to it's almost like a collectibles store. Mm-hmm. Like people are going in looking for like you know tapes that I mean, you got to figure that there's probably a lot of tapes out there, especially like cassette tapes. Um, yeah. 
And for the kids listening, a cassette tape was this thing that had it had actual tape in it <laughs> and these little spooly things. And remember, like the tape would get all bunched up sometimes. You have to stick your finger in and turn That's it right. to get the thing to level out yep. again. And um, <laughs> God. and so but I bet you there's a ton of stuff that was put out on tape that was never like reissued for CD. Right. Oh, oh, for sure. So, I'm not going in there. I went in there a few months ago. I mean, the place is. Still has a ton of stuff in there, product wise. Is there still wood paneling like on all over the place? It's, it's it hasn't changed. It has not hasn't changed. changed. I believe it's a mother daughter that owned it, or the mom and the daughter. But the, I believe the daughter, uh, she was there last time I went in there. Really, always nice, always gracious, and it hasn't changed. I, I've been going there for thirty plus years, and it, it's still the same. And I'll tell I'm you, that would physical, be a great street stories. Guy. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, I should do one on there because it kind of reminds me of that one you did about the gas station. Like there was that's a, right in, in Mount Pleasant. Yeah. So they spent over there. Yes. So yes, people. So yeah. tell. Okay. So tell people about this story you guys did about this guy who runs this gas station because it's a, it's almost it's actually a very similar kind of story in terms of like oh, yeah. you know it's just this guy who runs yeah, a gas I mean, station does, like he he took it over. I want to say I, I could be wrong on this. This was about four or five years ago, but they celebrated their I believe hundredth or fiftieth anniversary. I think it was a hundredth. Maybe I could be wrong on that. It was a big milestone, let's just say. And the family had called us, contacted us. We went down there. And he does uh, – it's only self-serve. It's not uh, – it's self-serve, I believe. But I could be wrong No, I on think that I think it, the thing is that it's full serve. Full serve. I'm sorry. Full right? serve. Right? Like I he, he comes out and pumps the yeah, gas and does the whole it's, thing. It's full serve. Yeah, that's right. And he's across the street, diagonal to Mount Pleasant High School. Um, in Providence, and oh, I can't think of his name offhand. It's going to bother me. I should. Oh, it's it up. Uh, oh, I know. It's uh, uh, it's um, uh, du- Duva. Duva, yeah, Duva's Kenny cat. Duva, Kenny, Kenny Duva. Was it Kenny Duva? I, it might. I think it so. might be Kenny Duva. But um, yeah, we went. I went down there uh, when he first. He opens up at early morning, four or five o'clock in the morning, whatever it is. I went down there. It was when Walt Buto was still doing street stories with me, and I just mic'd him up, and people came in, and and, and he does full serve. I, I apologize, I said self serve. Uh, he does full serve gas station, and he's a throwback man. He's a throwback to the good old days, right? You pull up to the gas station like they do in New Jersey still, right? And you just tell the guy how much you want, and he pumps it for you, and you have a conversation with him. How you doing? And BS a little bit with him, and and uh, it's not a convenience store. There's no, I don't think he sells anything there. Yeah, just, like how does he? How does he do much. it? I don't. I, I he's been there forever. <laughs> he might sell gum and, and and some other stuff, but I didn't see anybody going inside. Pretty much, they pull up, they have a conversation with him. He pumps the gas. He says, "Have a great day." You know, they say that the margin on gas is almost nothing. Like the way these gas yes, stations make yeah, money is yeah. by selling all the shit in the in the store. Right. Like, I agree with you that. Yeah, it's a, it was a wild shooting, but it was such a great. It's just a throwback, man. I'm an old school type of guy. You're probably an old school type of guy. Oh, yeah. Well, we're, well, we're old. I mean, <laughs> we're old. <laughs> we're right? getting, now we're just old. It's not even old school. Exactly, it's just, exactly, we're just old. Right? Well, we're not. Uh, we're, but yeah, it was, uh, it was stories like that that are very memorable because it's, it's unique. And I love doing unique type of stuff. I love doing finding a story that no one else is doing and, and putting it on the air. And, and that's what Kenny, I think it was Kenny Duva, the Duva family. And, and yeah, great family and, and great guy. Just very humble too you know he's a throwback and and just loved having conversations with his customers that pull up and he's they've been going there for years and and yeah it was a great story it's kind of like kangaroos and cds and tapes and yet like you said if they ever decide to shut it down i definitely want to go to north providence north providence and um buy out the whole stock (laughs) yeah i mean i'm and you know what the funny thing last last time i was in there 
it was pretty busy in kangaroo CDs and tapes. So people do, we're at the, we're, we're, it's a turnover now. People are back to buying physical stuff and vinyl and, and tapes and, 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 and old school stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm a physical seat. I have a CD player in my, in my news car and, and I'll go there. I'll grab some, I'll grab a few and, and enjoy my music for a few. You months, know, it's so. so funny. Like there was a, there was a whole period where, um, you know, when I was in college and, Maybe, you know, maybe still to this day. I don't know. But there was a whole thing of where, where people were v- buying vinyl records. Like it was like a, yep. a thing, a cool thing to do to have a record player and play vinyl. And it's almost like I wonder if it's like starting to become now. It's like a cool thing to have cassette tapes. Like there's something about the way it sounds that people. Bro, think is cool. I will buy a cassette player. I will go to if, if I will go to Best Buy if they still sell them and buy a cassette player. And I will rock a cassette player on my on my hip for everybody to see. I love it. You know, I remember I, mean, I, just, I yeah, like a, an old Walkman. A Walkman, yeah. a yellow Walkman I had as a kid. We had to change the batteries out every couple hours because it used to it used to slow down like this. And, you know, yeah, it was wild. wild. It reminds me of another George Carlin bit that I won't bother playing, but it was the <laughs> it was the idea he had for a combination Walkman and colostomy bag called <laughs> Shitman. <laughs> um that's a george carlin bit for sure yeah. uh the um the, you know i always had this i had this fantasy about getting rid of my smartphone and um yeah. and like you know a lot, you see a lot of people do this now they get rid of their smartphone and they go back to getting like an old flip phone that's like just yeah. a phone i want to go beyond that i want to go for, i want to get a pager i want to go back to having oh, like a pager brother, i'm with you someone calls you know wants me they page me and then i have to go find a you know i have to either get home or find Pay a phone you know, because <laughs> it, 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 it's funny because, um, you know, and I was talking about this actually with my, my mom the other night. Um, we were talking about TV and how, you know, like when I was a kid, I was a huge fan of like Late Night with David Letterman and Saturday Night Live. And I remember, you know, going you'd go into school on Monday and if you missed it, like if you missed SNL on Saturday night, that was it. You, you didn't get to see it. Correct. Um, you, it's like your friends like, had to act it out for you. Um, it's like wrestling. Wrestling on Saturday mornings. I used to be a big wrestling fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was WWF used to be Saturday mornings. That's right. WCW, WCW was Saturday mornings at like eight a.m. And I remember as a kid, if my you know I lived with my dad, if if he had to run a an errand and it was at that time frame, I'd be like, well, I'm missing wrestling. I'll never see it till next week until the recap. And then, so you're missing, there was no YouTube, there's no social media, there was no tweeting or Facebook. You so literally would never get to see it. You were gone. You were dead to the world. You were done. I, I can't even it. imagine that. It. Like, it, it, yeah. It's, yeah. it was hard to fathom. And I remember just being, I was talking to my mom about this and I was like, you know, now, you know, if you miss, there is no missing anything. It's just, uh, it's just everywhere all the time. Yeah. Um, if you know, I could it, get, listen, I'm with you though. If I could get rid of, I'm not a it's funny about this TV world is I'm not really a social media type. I do social media because my job kind of requires that, you know, I can tease my stories and I can showcase my work and I can post links, but deep down I'm an introvert. So this social media stuff and this phone stuff is something that I would, if I ever am done with TV and everything, I think I'm just going to toss it in the ocean because (laughs) I'm, I'm an old school type of person. Like I like, I like books. I like, like you said, I like tapes. I like CDs. I'm just old school. So this, not this technology is great. Listen, it's, it's made our world easier, but in the end game, I'm kind of a throwback to where if I could, you know, get rid of my social media in a second, I would, because it's just not, 
I'm an introvert. When you're an introvert, I'm a Capricorn. So I'm an introvert Capricorn. I don't want anything to do with nothing. So, um, <laughs> you know, just leave me alone. Um, but so, so I'm definitely, I'm with you on the flip phone and the uh, other aspects of life where I could go backwards and just, you know, not care about it. So a couple other, a couple other things that popped in my head that I was wondering if you also yeah. had experienced as a kid here in Rhode Island. One of them is the dream machine and the old. Lincoln oh Mall. man. Were you, a, were you a fan of the, So again, and you know, this is, this goes back to like, and before we get into it, you know, early nineties, I wonder. So yeah, that would have been, uh, yeah, like eighties, late eighties, early nineties, probably yep. at its peak. Um, yes. but like, you know, there's a place that was. That was, you know, of course, I'm remembering this as if I was a kid, but it was so amazing. It was like the coolest place in the world. And it's not there anymore, obviously. But it makes me wonder, like, you know, sometimes new things are good and change is good. Yeah. But I'm definitely of the type that's like, like, if I go back someplace, like you mentioned, going back to your old neighborhood and seeing that Ricotti's was still there and, you know, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Um, I don't know. There's something really comforting about the idea that maybe, you know, that, that at least there's some things that don't change or some things that don't go away. Um, like I wish I could take my kids to the dream machine, you know, yeah. and, it, yeah. and it would be nice if it had the same carpet and the same tokens <laughs> right. and the, the same the red carpet, you know, yeah. um, yeah. it wasn't even tokens, Eric. It was quarters. Was it quarters? It had, yeah. It wasn't tokens at the time. I, yeah. And not to get ahead of it. I used to go there every single day, probably for my, from ninety, from nineteen ninety to nineteen ninety four, I went to Dream Machine every single night with my friend George Sucados, who owned um, a place. His parents owned a a place on Mill Spring Avenue, a restaurant on Mill Spring Avenue, and we used to go to Dream Machine every night to play NBA Jam. If no one's played NBA Jam, to go play NBA Jam somewhere because I spent probably thousands of dollars <laughs> at Dream Machine with the red carpet, at Lincoln Mall. On NBA Jam, and I believe WrestleMania was another uh, uh, machine. I so spent a yeah, lot of so money it on. wasn't WrestleMania. It was called WrestleFest. WrestleFest. And I made right. the same mistakes. I was looking yes. for. I was looking for it online because I, I, you know, I'm I'm not going to buy any of this stuff. But like, I like to look occasionally <laughs> and right. just sort of like pine for like, ooh, so great to have WrestleFest. And yeah, it was like, um, it was like all the WWF wrestlers, um. And uh, I don't know why they didn't call it WrestleMania. That would have made more sense. But yeah, it was like, like you would feel the machine shake when they would like body slam somebody. It was like, you know, it was like that intense. And uh, yeah, yeah. An NBA Jam. I remember playing that uh, on Sega, like like in my yep. home console. Um, who was your go-to duo in NBA Jam? Do you remember? <laughs> I like the Supersonics. Yeah, I, I Supersonics. So what was that? That would have been. Yeah, uh, it was Sean Kemp and Gary Payton. Sean Kemp and, and wasn't there always like a third guy you could sub in? Dale Ellis, I believe. Dale was Ellis Dale was the uh, uh, was the third guy. Wasn't Detlef Shrimp? Detlef Shrimp. That's right. It was Detlef Shrimp. So funny yeah, story. I, I got a funny story about the Seattle Supersonics. Okay. And I think you'll appreciate this. So especially being from North Providence, this all ties in. Supersonics, nostalgia, North Providence, all ties wow. in. Wow. This is okay. Uh, unique. So yeah. when I was a kid, um, do you know uh, you know the place Cal's Corner? On I do know Smith Cal's Street. Corner. So it's yes. this little yeah. breakfast yeah. place. It's still there. But when I was a kid, they were doing dinners there like once a week on like Friday yeah. night. And we went there. It had to be as a family every Friday night for like six months. Like it was like that. That's just where we went. Me, yeah. my parents, my brother, uh, friends of my you know my family would come sometimes and we'd sit at the same table in the same corner 
right behind the post, the the King Creole poster of uh, of Elvis mm-hmm. on the wall. This, it's this old like uh, uh, almost like a it's like a sort of like a diner. It's not a diner really, but it's got like a counter. And mm-hmm. there's um, I remember they had the uh, refrigerators with all the drinks in it. were like behind the counter, and yep. as kids, yep. we'd like they just. If we wanted a drink, the waitress would just say, go get it. <laughs> like, like, I know, right? You know what I mean? So we'd like get up, factor. go grab it. So anyway, at the time, Gatorade was doing this promotion where um, for the NBA finals, underneath the cap for the playoffs, it would say uh, the name of a team and then a certain number of games. So they started this at the beginning of the playoffs. So, you know, um, if you if you ended up getting a cap with the correct team, and the correct number of games that they won the NBA Finals in, you would win a, a year's supply of Gatorade. Oh, wow. Okay. So, of course, everyone wanted the Bulls. Like, if you had the Bulls with anything, mm-hmm. yeah. you had a good chance. And so I'm sure they fixed it so that, like, most of the caps had, like, the Dallas Mavericks on it or something. Right, right. But right. I remember getting I, – I got a cap, and it said Bulls and Six on it. And, wow. And this was the year that they played the Seattle Supersonics. And uh, I remember someone at the, I had this memory as a kid, I remember someone at the dinner saying, you should probably hang on to that because it might, you know, that's, and I left it at the restaurant. I forgot. And they there. won in six. And they, they beat the Supersonics in six games. I would have had a year supply of Gatorade. That was, I was like 12, I think, or something. Bro, this is a Netflix special right here. It's, I, to this we day. This a, are you kidding me? How'd you leave it? I would have snagged it. I was a dumb 12 year old kid. I, you know, I, I just forgot it there. Like I would, like I would forget my retainer, you know, at friendlies or something. Like I just, you know. So as the NBA finals was going on, are you looking at yourself going, oh boy, I hope they don't do it. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Yeah. And all I thought was like, how cool was I going to be to be the kid with, you know, 365 Gatorades in my garage? You Dude, know. we need that. We need we need a Netflix special on what you just told me. I mean, <laughs> this, is, this is a series. We could do an entire three part series on what you just told me. That's incredible. With re- you could do like uh, reenactments, you know, like they have the uh, for like unsolved right. mysteries, you know, when they have the like shadowy, right. blurry oh, figures. Yeah, I just came back from Fun Spot up in New Hampshire. And, oh and, yeah, that place is great. So yeah, it's funny that you mentioned uh, a Dream Machine, and because I was up there, and I'm like. You know, I'm I'm playing NBA Jam. I'm playing Gal, you know, Galactica, whatever. All these old school games. But yeah, I'm thinking to myself, I used to spend thousands of dollars on NBA Jam in Dream Machine. Me and George Sukatos, it got so serious that we used to challenge people in Dream Machine, a two on two type of situation, as if we were some kind of NBA players over there. And we used to challenge people in Dream Machine. For a game of NBA Jam, and then if you won, you get to continue on. It was just, it was what, what a wild time. But also, how does it not exist today? I mean, I I believe if Dream Machine came back, it would be a huge thing because video games are at the highest peak right now. So, yeah. So I I had um, Brent Lang on the podcast, who's yeah. the he's the editor of Variety Magazine, and I, you know, we were talking about entertainment, and he said, yeah. you know, he said video games are uh, you know, video games and YouTube, like video games yeah. are the biggest thing right now. It's yeah. just, a, it's, I think yeah. it's just a thing where people play online and they play at home. Um, yeah. And, you know, I went to a place in Boston. I, I wonder if it's still there. This was recently. This was like maybe, I don't know, maybe four years ago, but it was, uh, it was, a, it was a bar with slash arcade. Like it was a, yeah. it was cool. And you walked in and, and, it was weird because the front of this place was like a, it was like a restaurant. So you'd walk in and it was a place that made like designer grilled cheeses. 
basically. Mm, interesting. With like fries or or uh, onion rings and like these fancy grilled cheeses. And then you, if you walked behind the counter, there was like a big door that sort of looked like a uh, like one of those walk in refrigerator doors. Okay. Um, like a big industrial door and you'd open it and you'd walk in and behind the door, it wasn't a refrigerator. It was an entire bar, a big bar with tons of like old school video games in it. And, and at the bar, there was multiple bars. They had like FIFA, like you could play FIFA at the bar oh, wow. um, yeah. with a big screen behind the bar and it was all online. Um, but this is for adults. You know what I mean? Yeah, this they isn't... have they have that in they have that in Providence uh, called Free Play. It's uh, a kid I went to high school with, Jason Leone. I believe he's the owner of Free Play. I did a street story in there about five years ago, where you pay you know eight to ten dollars at the door, and then it's unlimited arcade games. Pretty much, they have everything in that there. Sounds amazing. Um, and they have a bar. They have a bar where they have food and drinks and stuff like that. But uh, Jay Leone, I believe he had like these games in his house and. He decided to open up this place. It's down there um, uh, in the back of district court somewhere on one of those side streets. It's uh, called Free Play. So it's pretty much you pay a fee at the door and then you can run wild in there and play, you know, Frogger and, you know, every other Pac-Man, whatever arcade game is in there. I'm a big I'm a big pinball fan. People may not know that about me. I'm a big pinball fan. Yeah. What are your um, what are some of your favorite pinball machines? Because I was talking to a guy at work I'll about this anything. recently. Yeah, I'll play any, I'll play and I don't have really favorites. I'll play any pinball machine, but I just love the concept of pinball. I just love um I actually speaking of documentaries, I'm thinking about doing a documentary on pinball because if you look it up, I believe back in the 70s they banned pinball machines in New York City. It's a whole thing down there. Really? I didn't know they that. Threw them in, they they threw them into a river and it's a whole wacky story. I yeah. didn't know that at all. Um and so I'm a big uh, pinball enthusiast, and like, I went to Fun Spot. The first thing I'll go for is. is oh well, that's pinball. the thing about Fun Spot is they've got a whole room, right, of just yes. pinball machines. Just just pinball machines. I mean, it's up in the upper level. They have that. It's a whole row of them, and then there's Pac-Man with that and the old school stuff upstairs. But uh, I'm like a kid in there. I'm I'm just it's a throwback. I just love I love anything physical. You know, video games are great on Xbox and everything, but to go somewhere. And to, to do the flippers on a on a pinball machine, yeah, it's sort of the Pac-Man. ultimate physical video game. Physical right? video game. It's just something about it's. It's like I can spend hours in there. It's like a different world. It's like being in the movie theater. You're just in a world by yourself. And um, you know, yeah, there there was a time when um, when the Apple Valley Cinema had closed, and um, yep. it's a gym now. But like before it had turned into anything, it was just vacant for a while. And I remember I had this fantasy and you know, I was like 23 years old. So like this wasn't going to happen, but I had this idea of like, wouldn't it be cool to have a, uh, buy like a movie theater and, you know, fix it all up to look, have that old school sort of look to it and just show like classic movies. So like, you know, and you could sell it. it, Tickets could be cheap because these movies aren't expensive to, to show. Um, and, and then like, Across from the movie theater, there has to be like a Papa Gino's and then like the Dream Machine, like, like an arcade. So so when people <laughs> walk in, they get that unmistakable smell of like pizza, yeah. like uh, the old rug in the you know, in the video <laughs> game right. area. That's right. There's, like a, That's there's right. a smell that like kids today will never experience of like walking. Like when we used to walk into Lincoln Mall, it just had that like had smell, the, smell, the man. fountain. They- there was, the there was fo- a, something from the fountain and like the orange Julius, like there was a well, smell notice, that's just you remember. 
What's that? If you remember correct, if you remember correctly, the uh, the rug was red, I believe. But when you went to Dream Machine, it was very dark, and I don't think they had clocks in there, so you didn't know what time it was. So you're just in there from like four o'clock until like midnight. Like, <laughs> what just happened? What day is it? You man? walk out as a zombie. You're just like, right, huh? exactly. But it's it was, light it was, outside, and you're like, <laughs> that's right. It was something to get together with your friends. And back then, I believe, and I could be wrong, it was quarters. I don't remember tokens at all. I remember putting in physical money and getting quarters out of my dollar bills. So, um, well, I was young. I was young enough where I wasn't using my own money. So I don't know what it was. I just know it wasn't, you know, it it was me running up to my aunt or my dad or, you know, my mom or whatever and saying, can I have another, have more, like whatever it is. Dream dream machine and kangaroos, CDs and tapes. Just, uh, put me in the bankruptcy aisle for, for everything. <laughs> that was my two spots I go to for I take my tip money from Okies and go to dream machine and just, you know, well, I'll tell like, you, man, if, if, you know, uh, the sad day ever comes when kangaroo, um, you know, is no longer operational. I think you should, I think you should make a bid and try and get that sign from the front yeah, of the store or do and a story. put it up in your man cave. I got, I got to do a story on it. It's the same sign. It's the same uh, outside that they've had for years, and they're just nice people in there. They're just great humans, and they, you know, what are you looking for? Okay, and then she goes through the list. Let me, you know, she has these racks of tapes and CDs, and um, oh, you're yeah, looking for a Sheena Easton cassette. <laughs> I've got a whole <laughs> section. Just Johnny Johnny Gill. All right, let me go to the J's for a second. <laughs> what do we got? DeBarge. Yeah, let's go to the D's. So yeah, it's <laughs> wild times, but yeah, it's it's the times have changed, but I think it we're coming back around to the. Uh, you know, everybody's buying vinyl, and I think cassette tapes will eventually make a Walkmans will make a a, a way back. Yeah, so, it'll yeah, be it'll be like a fashion back. statement. You'll see people exactly. walking around with uh, a with, the, with those crappy headphones, the little tiny <laughs> ear thing. You know, that would break like in two seconds. Johnny, listen, man, thanks so much for coming back on the show. This is fun. It's 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 a nice change of pace for me just to be able to talk about whatever and you yeah. know shoot the shoot the shit with you about. The old days and um, and also to hear about some of the stories you've been doing, too, because like, obviously, like I've said, I'm a huge fan of street stories. Tell everyone listening once again where they can find street stories uh, and how yeah. they can follow you and, and everything that you're doing and all that stuff. Appreciate you, man. First of all, thanks for having me on again. This was, you know, always a blast and and hopefully I'll be back around for the hundredth uh, episode you have. So uh, street stories every Friday, 6 p.m. Channel 12. You can also find us on Facebook with uh, type in Street Stories. You can find us on Twitter with Street Stories. Um, and, you know, Mike Montecavo, you can uh, find him on, on Twitter and Facebook. You can find me on Twitter and Facebook for Johnny Valala. Um, but, yeah, if you have, guys have a story or anything, get in touch with me somehow. If something's inspirational you see in your neighborhood or your community, we are more than welcome uh, uh, for, your, for your emails and ideas, and we'll, we'll take a ride down and try to make it happen. So Street Stories every Friday at 6, p- 6 p.m. on Channel 12. Thanks again, Johnny. I'll talk to you soon. All right, bud. Thanks. This is the Just Listening Podcast. I got to go. Go where? We just got I got that thing. I got to go. With pizza artist Eric John. Uh, wait a couple of minutes. We'll all leave together. Okay? This way you don't go out like a bunch of hobos staggering out one at a time. Please like, share, and subscribe.